and welcome to a very special episode of the Sunny 16 podcast slash backing paper because this is a very special episode. Uh, we have got a live in-person guest. When I say we, I mean me because there's only me, Graham, here. Except there's not only me, Graham, here. Sitting next to me on the official Sunny 16 podcast couch is our very good friend, Paul Mackay from Analog Wonderland. Paul, how are you, mate? Hey, I'm very well, thank you. It is a wonder and a privilege to be here in person. <laughs> there were rumours about the cave that you recorded from. I am pleased to uh, pleased to publicly acknowledge that it is much better lit <laughs> than the rumours had. There is much less moss growing on the walls and there are many fewer... No, sorry, there are many more horse whips hanging on the walls. Listen, you just never know what kind of discipline you need to hang out <laughs> to uh, keep people in control. Now, Paul... You're with us today. I don't know why I keep saying with us. With with here with me in the escape room that is uh, the place where I go. Because we're kind of celebrating a little belatedly a year of Analog Wonderland. That's right. It very kindly um, invited me on uh, when it was our birthday in May. Um, I politely rejected you as many times as I could. <laughs> um, eventually, you pinned me down to a physical location. Then it got then it got just socially awkward. So here we are. Here we are. And the good thing about being like so, uh, it's a birthday. You're here in person, so we get Let's to do, do this. this. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> birthday booth. Professional podcasting. Go. Cheers. Your good health. Um, so a year of analog wonderland. That's right. It, it's yeah. Don't put that down there because that will definitely go sideways. Um, when you started this back in May 2018, uh, you'd never done anything like this. Nobody really had tried doing something quite as focused as you had on, and with the kind of the vision you had of, oh, I want to have all the films, I want to do this. And it, you picked a pretty good time to do it because last year was a great year for new films coming online. Uh, how's the first year been? Oh, it's been amazing. Um, it's been absolutely manic. You're right. It's interesting because we, because um, definitely last year was a, a brilliant year for film. Interestingly, it came off the back of everyone saying 2017 was a good year for film, mm. um, and actually 2019 continues to be absolutely exceptional. You'd almost feel like we're due a quiet period at some point, but it is not yet. No, it is not looking that way. So this. actually, I think when I, I was looking back at this the other day, actually, because we we were very proud when we opened to say we have over 170 films, mm. and everyone was like, "Oh my gosh, that's amazing! Over 170 films." By December, or by Christmas for sure, it was over 200. Um, we're now getting close to 250. Um, now, again, some of those are now formats coming in, emotions coming in different formats and things, but for me that still counts because it's a, if you only higher have... It's a number. It's a higher number. It's a, because it's a higher number, <laughs> that's why. <laughs> if it comes in one pack and three packs, that's two different films. No, the emotions and formats, I think definitely, um, for me, does count as different ones. Because if you have a medium format camera... Frankly, it's no good um, if the, there's a huge amount of choice in 35mm or vice versa. So um, I think it's a really important part of, of what the industry is going through is making sure that regardless of the, the camera that you have, um, film is, is available. So we've spent a lot of time not only trying to get new new brands, new products, new emulsions into store, but also different formats. So 127, for example, or mm. bulk rolls. I know that's 35mm, but people people who, who like bulk rolls will, will use that as well. Um, just to really continue to push the choice, but no, definitely it's um, yeah, we we sat here, figuratively speaking, just over a year ago, talking about the launch and the hopes that uh, that I had for it, um, and yeah, a year later, I think it's it's definitely exceeded those expectations. 
Yeah, yeah. What's been the most surprising thing for you since you started this? That is a great question. I think the most surprising thing... Um, I think the most surprising thing has been that the uh, the continuation of the momentum that we had. So we talked... I remember thinking about it as sort of it's a good moment in time because things have stabilised, you know. Um, the film seemed to... People have seemed to have stopped continuing quite so many film. Um Smaller suppliers were had sort of come out, Double Film and Revelog and similar. Um, but frankly, I didn't expect it to continue at the pace that we had because within a couple of months we were launching Yodica. A couple of months after that was, of course, the big Ektachrome in 35mm. Um, but we've just had countless. Every every few weeks, um, for sure, we've been bringing new films uh, in different guises to, to market, which is just... Um, if I'd known that then, I think I'd have maybe felt a bit more reassured about... Um, about what we were starting off on, but even now it's brilliant to be able to to see that come through. Um, not only the momentum coming from the suppliers and what they're doing, and all of the guys that are working really hard from the from the big brands like like Kodak Alaris all the way down to to the smaller independent manufacturers, um, but also the fact that the community is so receptive, I think, to these ideas uh, and to trying things new um, and to experimenting and all that kind of thing. It's just been really, really lovely to see. Yeah, yeah. The small brands is something that you worked to champion from very. That was that was a core part of your business. I remember you saying, I think on the first show you were on, um, that these small companies like Yodica, like Double, like Brett's, they aren't really cut out to deal with the marketing and promoting of their own films, and then that's not what we want them to be doing. We want them to be concentrating on bringing new films to market, uh, and you can deal with the. Actually, yeah, the selling side of things because mm. that's what you want to be good at. Um, the smaller companies uh, are generally. They, how have you found dealing with these s- small companies, these individuals mm. often, um, and keeping the product in stock, keeping the, the quality of the product? Has mm. has that been easier or harder than you thought it was going to be? That's, I think that's probably been a bit easier. So I think from where you say, um, definitely, definitely, I want or my my intention would be that the, the these these people who are making these incredible films and incredible brands um, are able to invest most of their time in there. I mean, and marketing, I think they do a cracking job of marketing their own their own products. I think you look at the Instagram of someone like um, Double Film, and they do a great job at every day showing off what these emulsions can do, and, and it's similar across the board. But definitely the retail side of it um, is often quite painful. And making sure that people see it uh, is hard work, and we're glad to be able to to help that. From from sort of the practicalities, honestly, they've been a a dream to work with. Um, I think we've tried to make it as easy as possible to work with us. Hopefully, that's mm. uh, something that they respond to. Um, and there have been wider availability issues in the industry that we'll all have seen, but they are predominantly at the moment uh, impacting the bigger players. Mm. Now, obviously, that's partly because the global demand really has been a large driver of that, but Kodak have had struggles with a few different parts of their portfolio. Mm. Um, today, at the moment, Portra, for example, is very difficult to get hold of, and there's a few other emulsions. In the past, it was different. Um, Cinestill have had issues. We've worked with them actually recently on a press release people might have seen, just to explain the background, and the background is it's fairly simple. Uh, more people want to shoot film globally. Good news. Um, some of the raw materials that go into film are proving tricky to get hold of at the moment. Bad news. Mm. <laughs> um, they're working on 
uh, as our Kodak and as are a few others, Lomography as well have spent a lot of time in the last 12 months invested in improving their supply side from their point of view to allow for more sort of shockwaves of either demand or, or of just, you know, uh, things unexpectedly happening down the line. That means it'll be much more stable in the future, which is fantastic. Um, but no, the, the, the smaller companies that we worked with, we've always tried, as I say, to make it really easy to work with us, that we've always wanted to put our best foot forward. You know, we launched Yodica, um very early on, and then they launched uh, Callisto, the birthday film, um, a few weeks back with us, which was brilliant. Um, Brett, Henry Brett, who we've worked with in a while. I don't know whether you've seen the announcement from Brett. No, no, I haven't. Uh, okay, well, um, so he's he shared it on Instagram, I think it was last week, that he's um, putting the project to bed for a little bit um, while he focuses on uh, other things. Um, he's doing exams and stuff, I would imagine. <laughs> exactly, I think, there's, I think there's some education <laughs> objectives in there. Um, but no, I mean, while while that was going on, while we could offer support, that was that was fantastic. So there's lots like that, and then uh, we're we're always open to people who have new ideas. Um, now, often we get questions from people who haven't started yet, saying, you know, what if we do this? And mm-hmm. we, we try and guide really. If it's anything too similar to what's happening already, we we try and dissuade it. I mean, it's up to people what they do. But really, the goal is that um, any energy that people put in is is benefiting the community at whole, yeah. offering new things, etc., helping out. Adding, I think, is the point. Adding overall, um, and but that's where most people f- naturally fall anyway. I think so. It's it's quite an easy conversation to have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, are you seeing? Are you having more of those conversations now with people who is who have, are getting ideas about what they'd like to do? And are you seeing anything that might not be here yet that that may not even be possible to come to? Are, are you seeing people going? Or we could do this, or we'd like to try this. That you're sat there thinking, oh, actually, yeah, that would be because I mean, I I really love the color shift films. Mm. Not that I particularly tend to shoot them myself, but I'm glad that they're out there. Yeah, I appreciate them for what they are. I, I you know, I I love Yorica stuff and the double stuff. I think it's fantastic, <clears throat> um, and it opens up a lot of creative possibilities. Um, but that market is now quite well served. Mm-hmm. Uh, where do you think the next? wave is going to come from well i still think and i think i talked about this um i think maybe in january when we caught up was i still think that there's an opportunity there in medium format mm. so you you write all those brands that you say and revlog and, and similar um really strong um some great tech behind them now that brilliant consistent quality and mm. um, the packaging is always improving that kind of thing but they're they are all 35 mil i'd love to see uh someone break out into medium format um, but then if you think wider, you look at the one that, I mean, one of the questions we get f- f- pretty frequently is about pack film. Mm. And I have an old Polaroid that takes this back. What happened to pack film? I know the Fuji stuff is expired or three million pounds a, a, a shot on yeah. eBay. And of course there I'm pointing them towards SuperSense, yeah. which is the project that I think you guys spoke, didn't you? To yeah, yeah, we spoke to those ago. guys back for Christmas. Yeah, um, that's that's amazing because again, that's it's like the well, it's some of the same people from the Impossible Project, yeah. but people who are looking at something that is not at all served mm. by today and saying, what if we created this um, and just running with it? So that that is hugely exciting um, for sure. Um you then look at the the language that comes from Ilford and Kodak about, you know, listening to the community and what films do people want. And I'd be amazed if there wasn't work going on behind the scenes mm. on on films that um, 
that that did exist and that that people would love to come back um and that's not a teaser sadly i'm not about to announce uh, five different things um but um on their behalf but 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 you can see <laughs> why not exactly, exactly. they're not here let's see what happens no 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 nothing like that but but there is stuff i mean again um talking to lamography they have a fantastic pipeline so we've just got the lamochrome purple the 2019 formulation uh in store on 120 35 mil it's on its way they've done cool things this year like uh, put it into a single use camera mm. um to so people can experience it just you know uh as they like any sort of something they can shove in their pocket um, to go out with. Um, they've got lots of ideas that are coming that are that are really exciting. Um, so, th- so there is definitely scope still for uh, innovation and for new things. Mm. Uh, at the same time, you know, uh, some of our best sellers are the classics that people know and love. The yeah. HP Sives, the Portras, the Colour Pluses, the Kodak Golds. Um, yeah, I and mean, the thing is that it, it's... It's important that that stuff at the top is strong because it is so much of it is a trickle down market. You, you talked about Cine Steel and we talked about you know, a double and Yodica <coughs> and Revolog and Kona and, and all of those guys who are all doing stuff. Um, all of whom are one hundred percent dependent on uh, Kodak for the most part, mm-hmm. um, or Fuji or whoever's film they're using. But their supply is remaining strong, and um, as we start to see more investment from the big companies happen and new products or uh, the return of old products mm. coming through, I guess that's going to open up opportunities for people to go, okay, well, what can we do with these um, new things that are coming down? Like, are there new opportunities here? Uh, I mean, because it's only, what, a couple of weeks since Fuji announced Acros 2 mm. coming. Um, you probably got a better memory. Did they give a timeline on that? No. No, no not really. Um, no, but, but it's the fact that they're talking about it you would you would expect that it's uh not far off. exactly reasonably progressed yeah they're, they're not going to do an, an ectochrome one i don't <laughs> think <laughs> well you know what it's maybe that's the new model is actually doing that <laughs> waiting for us to get so excited we get we get pissed off and then excited all over again just in time for it to yeah. come but it's interesting i was thinking about this just the other mm. day with the um with the acros too uh, i think i was listening to somebody talking about this and um oh because it's been what a year since they discontinued, mm-hmm. officially said, okay, we're not making any more Acros. Now, if they are announcing Acros 2 at this point, I'd say it's a reasonable assumption that when they discontinued Acros, they were already in the process of them being, okay, we need to reformulate. Um, it seems unlikely to me that they discontinued. Maybe they did. Maybe mm. they saw, maybe they discontinued Acros, saw the public <clears throat> outcry about it, mm. and went, oh, well, maybe we should make Acros 2. Or did they just go, well, okay, across the ingredients that it's using to make it up are either hard to source or mm. that in you know are not environmentally friendly or hard to you know don't meet the standards that are expected these days, we need to reformulate. Okay, well that's announced we're discontinuing this one, run down the stock and then you know mm. a, a thing that you know, do you think that that's likely? I mean you've got a better view into the supply chain than I have. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. So it is, it is speculation, but I am, I'm oh, happy to speculate. <laughs> I'm happy to speculate. <clears throat> yeah, it's very possible. And we also know that the model, especially from someone like Fuji, is to um, to have built stock up and, and frankly to be selling that out for a while. So mm. that they, may, they may, again, it's, it's speculation, but they may have stopped production of Acros actually a few years ago, a couple of yeah. years ago at least. 
and they've been selling the stock since um but had to reformulate and again that's that's such a big thing because i know we talked about it a lot with ectochrome and, and similar to bring back emulsions uh often requires as much work as making one from scratch yeah. because of all of the yeah laws and environmental regulations and things that have updated or changed in the meantime it's quite right that we have uh, those films that are now safer and better for better for the world um but yeah, it is absolutely possible. But again, it, it's so it's so promising because in the discussions over the last year, I think the two sort of um, flies in the ointment have been one is the the supply and the fact that that has been frustrating at times. And, and trust me, we find it equally frustrating. But so do the suppliers. Like no one uh, no one wants to be out of stock on Portra or Sinistil Fifty or anything like that. Um, that's been one of them. The second one, obviously, was the thirty percent Fuji pricing increase. Mm. Um, and I know we there was a lot of debate on the internet about um, what it means. Is that just the final straw for people? For some people it was. Other people said, look, if this gets them back to a financial place where they can invest back, okay. I mean, it, it, it won't mean that I do Velvia as my everyday film, mm. uh, but um, but it, it might be a necessary evil for the future. And that, that argument seemed a, maybe a bit thin to people, mm. but then Across 2 being announced relatively soon after... It gives it a bit more weight, and 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 again, Fujifilm is notoriously difficult as an organisation to penetrate and to understand what's going on there. But those are positive signs, and those are positive signs that we weren't talking about a year ago, two years ago, even. Um, and this is where I'm not sure um, whether the the challenges that digital cameras are going through is maybe a benefit in a in a funny way to us because. Mm back when DSLR growth was, was just exploding and everyone just wanted to sell digital cameras and that was going to be their, their main way of, of making money um, and, and hitting the top line. Now with the the move away from DSLRs, uh, really that market has, has, has sort of collapsed and full frames coming through, but it probably won't replace. Uh, maybe companies, again, are looking back at their catalogue and their portfolio of products saying, well, what what does still sell? And finding that actually there's a fantastically loyal, enthusiastic, passionate photography bunch that, that shoot film. Um, I hope that's true. Yeah. Honestly, I, I don't know, especially with someone like, well, someone like Fujifilm, but the conversations we have with Kodak, with Ilford and similar, they're having those thoughts. So you'd like to think that that's happening in, over in Japan as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think that a new <coughs> film coming out of Fuji... It is it is a significant mm. sign because these things don't just happen in isolation. You know, mm. The um, R&D work that has to go in mm. to running up a new film, it, um, and or it may well just be, okay, well, let's test the waters and see what this new one does. But um, it's by a country mile the most positive sign that's come out of them in a really long time. Oh, now I was just thinking about this whole reformulation thing. I mean, as you said, we talked about it a lot with Ectochrome. In some ways, I have to imagine that reformulating an old film is more challenging than coming up with a new one in mm. some ways because there is a set of expectations yeah, in place true. like with Acros. The one thing <coughs> that's um, repeatedly being talked about is well, is it going to have that same fantastic mm. um, reciprocity performance? Uh, that was the thing that people loved about Acros was the fact that up until something like two minutes, a two minute exposure, you didn't have to add on any time for reciprocity, mm. um, which for pinhole or night photography mm. is huge. Uh, so is the new film going to have the same performance? And it, I, I'm sure 
they Fuji know what their market's after. Mm. But yeah, th- that's a target that's there that they then have to try and get to with this new film, which if they were just making a new emulsion and weren't calling it Acros, they wouldn't have any of that baggage. Mm. Oh, here's a new black and white emulsion, F- Fuji La La, um, <clears throat> which yeah. is what I would call film. Fuji La La La. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's catchy. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine the adverts would be wonderful. Um <laughs> So, but yeah, I, I'm excited about that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to see because it, it feels like with the steps that uh, Kodak and um, Fuji and and everybody has been making, I think it's only a matter of time before we see somebody at at, at some level make a hardware move. Mm. I, 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 you know, because. It, it's in all of their best interests. And do you mean do you mean cameras? I, I mean, yeah. Mean cameras? Maybe not in a big way, <clears throat> but it, it just feels like you know we've seen Kodak um, working. They brought out a thirty-five mil scanner, didn't mm. they? So you know they, they are obviously they're looking at the broad thing. Of, okay, you know what supports our business? Um, and the scanner's great if you're only looking at it as well. This is people who've got old film they want to digitise mm. as well. But the fact that the the new film market is so vibrant, um, at a certain point, I think well if they want to support that as well. I read an article um, which I think it was Nigel Cliff shared with me um, talking about young people in Japan how more and more young people in Japan are getting into analog photography um and uh you buzz in there that's fine <laughs> it's your pacemaker going on yeah. um uh, and um not that they're necessarily moving away from digital but there's becoming a separation in what people use digital photography for versus what they use analog photography for um and the the arg- not the arguments, but the sort of the conversations are shifting, and and uh, you know it says it said within the article you know that that we're still at a point where people see a film camera being used, and it's like oh why are you doing that you a hipster mm. whatever. I it, I think that's diminishing. Mm. I think certainly if you live somewhere like London or you know New York, you know a built-up area, the chance of seeing somebody out shooting street photography with a film camera is pretty high mm. um and so that the the stigmatism of oh you you're some sort of hipster because you're shooting film is slowly going away i think that's definitely true and i think that that is linked to the the decline of dslrs mm. um because when dslrs sort of exploded and, and everyone you know you turn up to a wedding and and 20 guests had their own cameras uh, dslr cameras and and with all the lenses and things um that was seen to sort of be the cutting edge, and then that's that's fading away. So I, I definitely agree with that separation because that's what we all see in, well, I mean personally, and I know a lot of our customers do talk about this exact thing. Everyone has a digital camera in their pocket that is better than ninety eight percent of the digital cameras that have ever existed mm. on their smartphone, um, and it has you know, unless you download an app, it's fully automatic. Um, it's connected to the internet it's connected to social apps you can share it with your your family, your friends uh, your wider audience um, within seconds that's amazingly convenient amazingly uh, easy and technically it's a very accurate rendition of the scene in front of you naturally the in-camera software even while it's taking the photo making adjustments to colour, to shade, to tone 
are all just vastly superior to five years ago taking a DSLR raw camera, uh, raw picture, and then putting it through the through the editing software yourself. You might get the same result after time, and obviously the pros would get there and and, and would definitely say that they got a better job than any any machine learning, and that and I can say that's true, but. I know I wasn't anywhere near that level of editing and I don't know many people who were. So for the vast majority of people, that that solves that sort of need mm. or that, that fulfills that um, that element. And then what's left is the enjoyment of uh, taking time to compose, um, taking time to choose settings artistically perhaps, um, and then the wait until you have your film developed or develop it yourself, um, sent back. All of that kind of thing, the, the tangible physical element um, is definitely not delivered by a touchscreen camera because mm. it's it's nothing's physical really about it. Um, that that element suddenly feels very very different. The experience is different. The result is very different, um, and and it does address that entirely separate need. So I do think it is sort of linked to this overall thing. And again, I hear a lot less, and I see a lot less. Thank goodness the digital versus film debates mm. because again i think that harks back to a world where people compared slr to dslr yeah it's really what they meant by that now you say digital versus film you're sort of comparing a film slr or a tlr or maybe instax with a smartphone and that just doesn't seem <laughs> close as an experience as a result yeah. nothing seems that, that that just seems such a daft thing to be saying it's just not even an interesting conversation no. isn't it i mean but i suppose it's not surprising i i bet if we'd been around well i, I i'm 100 percent certain if we'd been around in 1850 you could have very happily listened to a uh photography <laughs> versus painting conversation oh, absolutely and then the wet plate versus dry plate debacle of the uh, turn of the century oh, absolutely. <laughs> the scandal the drama exactly um, and the bit in the large format is saying that 120 film was a was a joke format for hobbyists and, uh, yeah. and idiots. I'm sure that happened as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, <laughs> people, human beings are a very tribal bunch, <laughs> turns out. Exactly. <laughs> and those large format guys were right. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. The one thing we always know is that the other people are wrong. No, exactly. And, and the APS is the future. Oh, God, you actually it's the got... two things. You have got APS film in stock, haven't you? <laughs> yes. What did you... Do? Why are you selling disappointment in a box? <laughs> Why are you doing that? We, I don't, we had... Um, we, you know, Hamish judged the cheap shots challenge mm. last week, and um, he picked his ten selects from it. Uh, and one of the people who he didn't pick was poor Simon Forster, who used APS film he got from you for his. <laughs> and the, the, I mean, the deal terrible. AP, APS film back in the day was bad. It was a <laughs> bad product. And and anybody who says otherwise, I, their arguments make no sense. And, and you think that 20 years of just sitting in a cupboard has made that better? Aging. 20 oh, years right. of aging in a warm... Yeah. Yeah. Vintage, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Uh, incidentally, I've got some in the fridge here. I'll let you take it back and sell <laughs> that, I guess, if you want it. I sure as hell don't want to use it. Um, over the last year... Mm. I know I've asked you about this because I'm always fascinated by the trends that you see because you mm. get quite, quite a good bird's eye view of um, what people are after. Are there any consistent... I mean, you said at the beginning, oh, mm. the, old, the, the classics consistently sell mm. well. Um, have you seen any trends? Have you seen any stuff that's kind of gone in and gone out? Uh, you know, things like Ectochrome. Was, uh, was Ectochrome a big hit when it came mm. out? Has it tailed off? What's been going on? Yeah, so you always um, you always tend to see with any any new film come in, um, the first 
you know, when you first talk about it and when it first happens, if people first see it, you'll always see a burst of, of activity and interest and sales around that. And then it does drop to a, a run rate. Um, I think what um, there's there's some seasonality. We've definitely seen that. Now we've had a whole year. Um, so the, uh, you know, high ISO films on general sell better in the winter than mm. summer um, and vice versa. Which is why they're massively discounted now, right? <laughs> Nah, mate. Deep, deep freeze until uh, October. No, and then um, similarly, slide film is sells better in the in the summer, um, even though even though there are there are lots of things. And I remember saying this to Andy, and he got very upset that uh, you dare to call X Cream just a summer film. But um, there are things that people associate. I, I think I'd say with certain times of the year and certain ways of shooting mm. as well. Um, but you're right. I mean, you go back to the the Film of the Year awards in 2016, and the top five are there and thereabouts. The top five best selling um, films in any in any month. Really, yeah. there is a consistency. There is people, and what you often see as well is people come in to order their favourites, and then they'll try one or two of the other films or the yeah. the, the the rarer stuff or different things. Um, but they will still have an HP5 in there. They will still have a Kodak Gold or an Ultramax or something like that that they, they know and shoot regularly. Um, so it's a real mix. It's a real mix. And again, we don't cater for people who are stocking up massively on one certain type of film in the way that others do. Yeah. Um, because, again, we're about that, that choice and that uh, discovery. Um, so so what we see as being different will be obviously reflective of the customers that, that who are attracted to that and want to want to try and want to want to learn about the new and interesting stuff um but definitely i mean i think the the people when people start getting and we'll we both i'm sure will hear this and it'll resonate when people start getting into it they then very quickly um enjoy uh 35 mil or 120 whatever the camera that they first got was and very quickly they start to expand their camera collection and explore more formats. <laughs> yeah, um, I've, I've heard that. And every few days we get a question about somebody asking about a different format and they found a camera that shoots 129 format or um, 612 or something like that and, and um, you you know what film could work, what adaptions are needed, is it even possible, all this kind of thing, which is which is really interesting. Um, so I think when people, when people then get into it or rediscover it frankly as well find an old camera that they'd forgotten that they had or that their, their parents had and you do then see a real curiosity around the whole experience the mm. whole uh enjoyment of the the hobby and that's brilliant and um, because again that that means that people will eventually find the the format the camera the type of film that that they create their best images with that they like and maybe year on year that's exactly the same and they'll always like the certain type of film or maybe over years, their tastes and changes will evolve, and and we're there to supply, you know, whatever they need for that moment in that time, which um, is very much the intent. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's been your highlight of the last twelve months, twelve and a half months, thirteen months, where we're right now? <laughs> yeah. Um, the highlight, I think. I mean, this obviously, but other than that, <laughs> obviously, the last two hours have definitely been my highlight. Um, I think there's probably been. Uh, there's been a couple I think uh, really enjoyed the photography show mm-hmm. and also Photokina actually September prior yeah of course you went there yeah you? Um, I mean both those events is just a wonderful chance to meet the people who you've often interacted with on Twitter or on Instagram or in, over email um, people who might have ordered from you and then come up and introduce themselves and you, and you can have a real real chat about um, 
about about film photography in general and, and what's going on. That's been really lovely um, and made some real friends through that. Um, must say the launch of Ectochrome was pretty special. Yeah, it was exciting, wasn't it? It was exciting. And I think because it came straight off the back of Photokina as well, mm. um, you know, and, and and Kodak had in their display that one, that one box <laughs> of 35mm in their entire display that just, I think, was probably the most photographed analogue thing, um, apart from Taylor Swift, um, in, in the whole of Photokina. Mm. Uh, and then to be able to, to launch it uh, a matter of, of a couple of weeks later was just, was really, was really cool. Um, so I think that's definitely, definitely uh, been a big thing. And then actually we really enjoyed the birthday celebrations. So again, just a... Uh, about six weeks ago, um, we made a big fuss. We lumped together a few different things, managed to launch some of the thermography Kino films in the middle of it. Um, some of the uh, the Fukatsu, the 110 brand, yeah, shipped over from America. Um, and then doing a few you know, promotions and things like that, um, some giveaways, some free stickers, that kind of stuff. That was really fun as well, just because it was, it was sort of a, a week-long festival of surviving a year, mm-hmm. <laughs> shall we say. Yeah. Um, surviving it not in a bad way, just in a... In a getting to that milestone um, and and still really enjoying it and 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 it, it being worth all of the the time and the energy and the investment, I think it's just been a fantastic moment to get to. Yeah. All right. That's enough of the past. Um, <laughs> so year one is done and dusted, and you apparently are not giving up on this yet. <laughs> no matter how many people email me, ask me to stop, please. No. It's just me from multiple accounts. <laughs> I, I did wonder actually. The, the language was surprisingly similar each time. Um, so looking forward. So first off, mm. uh, you got some pretty big news just personally, haven't you, with regards to the one? Yes. <laughs> yes. So. Um, so as as many people know, I've I've been running uh, the sales and marketing side of Analog Wonderland um, alongside a day job since launch. A fairly serious day job. Uh, a reasonably serious day job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a reasonably serious day job, and um, uh, yeah, and and at the start that was that was definitely hard work, but it sort of was broadly manageable. Um, and then a couple of things happened. One is that the business momentum just continues to pick up continues to grow which is obviously absolutely fantastic um and then secondly i had a daughter in november ruined everything (laughs) (laughs) who um who is absolutely wonderful and uh also requires um obviously a lot of time and energy which is which is which is brilliant and lovingly given um but that, you, you that were supposed altogether. to be bringing your daughter here today, and you didn't, and you were frankly lucky she bailed. to be late in the door. Yeah, she, she bailed. Was... She, she found out what it actually was and was like, there is no freaking way. She's, um, no, no, no. She said she wants to get on the Lensless podcast instead. So <laughs> now, listen, you could have said a lot of things I might have believed, but that, no. <laughs> so she's off there, I think, to try a look. I mean, to be fair... If you're having trouble getting her to sleep, putting her in front of Cory <laughs> oh, no. no, will definitely do it. <laughs> Absolutely brutal. No, shouldn't say that. Um, yeah, and, and all of it meant that it was just getting a bit uh, unmanageable. So I think choice had to be made. And um, I made the sensible choice that the salary is the thing that should be given up. <laughs> and I would keep the analogue photography business and the daughter. Uh, <laughs> um, so that's where we are. So yeah, last Friday was... My last job at my big corporate, um, big corporate sales gig, um, and today is the celebration of the start of an analog entirely, um, entirely lifestyle. So now I'm very 
I mean, it's definitely the right decision. It's definitely the right decision. I've been 10 years in, in corporate life, learned a lot, had a fantastic time, but um, uh, I think it's come to a natural end anyway. Um, and then with the support of my fantastic wife, uh, who obviously is, is uh, behind me all the way on this um, and uh, pushing me, no. uh, it, it means that um, I can do something that I really love and enjoy doing. And honestly, I mean, the, I wouldn't be able to do it without the skills that I've, I've picked up over the last 10 years of my career. So I'll always be uh, grateful and pleased for that. Don't worry, they aren't listening, it's fine. <laughs> just in case. <laughs> um, until they've paid the last holiday pay, just keeping them sweet. No, um, it, that's definitely true, but but it's now got to the point where I want to... I'd rather use those skills for something that I uh, enjoy and have a passion for. And if Analog Wonderland helps more people uh, enjoy film, if it helps bring more of those small brands into the hands of more film photographers... Um, then that is, a, in my eyes, a fantastic use of that time and energy. So, yep, as of now, full-time. So that means, um, yes, even more ideas, thoughts, clever plans and secret tricks, whatever that uh, that Blackadder saying is. Um, from, from <laughs> yeah, now it's definitely that. That's what that's saying. Exactly, <laughs> yes. And modelling myself on Baldrick should definitely be the right <laughs> business model. Anyway. Well, I mean, you've certainly got the look down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair, fair. Um, so... so- what are the plans then? You know, you are, are you do you have a big grand strategy? Is there a long list of stuff that you have wanted to do since mm. you started that you just can't? No, I can't. I need more time. Is app on that list? I got in touch with you m- months ago. <laughs> uh, but there's two things. One, uh, uh, there needs to be an analog wonderland, analog wonderland app. Um, what you, you what could, would it do? It, it would be better than your website to navigate on the phone. That's what it would do. Feedback is a gift, and uh, all the better when it's live. <laughs> um, okay. Listen, everyone loves... Look, check the internet. Type in our apps the future, and the answer just yes will come up. <laughs> I, I'm a millennial, nearly not, and I know I've asked you anything about apps. Um, so, I mean, an app, obviously. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, what, what kind of things... Mm. So, you're definitely right. So, there is, um, there is a... Wonder Pants... Wonder Pants is clearly at the top of that. <laughs> uh, no, there is there is a huge long list, um, and there, and there has been as yes for months really. This um, uh, and and that ranges from the uh, really exciting to the mundane but necessary, mm. shall we say? So the the first thing on our list um, is really to there's there's some sort of internal um, housekeeping parts we need to get um, we need to sort of ramp up so. Frankly, the first thing is finding uh, bigger office and warehouse space, so we're getting to the the limits of the current space. So that's that's number one, and that will that will allow us to do a lot more things that we mm. currently are a bit restricted on. Um, that will allow us to expand in different product areas that might make sense. Um, and again, there's a whole list of I- ideas for that. Um, the the thinking that I have on that though is less. I don't really want it to be like a, we have an idea and sort of try and spend time on it, roll it out and see whether it happens. I think really what I'm look, what I'd love to do is work with the community on what they currently find difficult to get hold of and and then really sort of solve against that. So rather than coming along and saying, oh, we're going to do this now, and but actually it's already been done well by AG Photographic mm. or similar like that. Um, we don't want to come along and just try and copy other people in that regard so we'll we'll spend time on what are the right things when we do look to expand outside core film 
um, and and really will be looking to the community. I, I haven't quite worked out what form that that input could should look like, but um, but if you if you watch, if you follow us on social media or on our mailing list, then I'm sure you'll you'll spot the opportunity to input to put it that the uh, put it like that, and and honestly, that will be a frank request for input that we will we will act on. Um, and then there's you know uh, there's always a list of website improvements. You've mentioned mobile use and app jokes aside, um, <laughs> functionality on mobile is not where I want it to be. That's for sure. There's some design stuff on the website that um, I want to get to. That where I look at it now and um, it's it's good. It does its job. It's sort of been fine for a year, but it really doesn't look as good as we'd like it to. I think my favourite thing is the mm. fact that by default. You um, have all the films that are sold out there, so you can scroll down and go, "Oh, look, that's what I want. That's sold out. Oh, that's what I want." And rather than just hiding the ones that are sold out, <laughs> just or even putting "coming back soon" or something, it's just like you wanted this, did you? Ew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we tried to add a "you" label on each of them, but uh, for some reason Google banned it. Um, actually, no, we have added the the filtering of stock that came in last week. Oh, good. There, there we go. go. So, so there are things like that, and, and, and again, that was based on feedback from people i mean not many other people waited to be on a podcast before telling it to me <laughs> other people emailed me quietly in the privacy of our own machines and just said this would be nice but no no so there, there is stuff that we every every week or so we are we make changes that try and improve the to either design or functionality but there's some bigger bigger things that need time and space to do properly so so they sort of fall under the operational side and then as i say there's some product expansion parts um and then as well we'll look at how we um uh, from the from the marketing side as well, I think we've uh, we're doing similar things uh, than we've been doing for a few months. I want to have a think about what we could do to really change that and and help make people more aware of of what we offer, the products that are on our site, and obviously our service as well. Um, again, you're t- it's it's a bit early now to be able to say what those are. Again, we've got some ideas, but it's really too early to be able to promise that you'll definitely see this coming in this week or or, or that week. Um, but there is there is a huge amount, um, which is exciting, which is exciting. Uh, I think actually prioritising is going to be one of the key things. So I think now that I have more time, um, still not full time because uh, yeah, I'll, I'm we're splitting the childcare between myself, my wife, and and some of the help. But um, uh, being able to work out what will make the biggest difference to people first is is, is going to be part part luck, part guesswork and part science. Yeah. And that I think really, to be honest, is, is gonna be my first job before anything else is almost getting that list down and saying which of these really are nice to have so or uh you know, would be exciting and fun to work on but really wouldn't make a blind bit of difference. So it sounds like this would be an ideal time for people to get in touch with you and express feelings. Absolutely. Express feelings. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me your deepest, darkest feelings, hopes and dreams. No, absolutely so um, my, my email address is uh, paul at analogwondan.co.uk. Uh, please do email me anything that you have. As you listen to this and if you think, I would love it, I would love it if Analog Wonderland could do this, either product, service, idea, whatever it is, please do drop me an email, paul at analogwonderland.co.uk. And um, I promise I read all the emails um, uh, and I respond to all of them as yeah. well. Um, and and a lot of the, genuinely, a lot of the things that... Uh, you've seen pop up on the website are a direct result of people either pointing out things that aren't quite working as they should be or saying wouldn't it be better if you did it like this um, and we read everything and and things 
generally get queued up then and, and mm. hopefully actioned. Wouldn't it be better if everything was cheaper? Everything, have, you exactly. got, have you ever got that email? If everything was cheaper <laughs> and Codachrome was uh, in all formats, yes, exactly. Yeah. Those two things. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, you did want to share uh, some other exciting upcoming news, didn't you? Well, it's, it's nicely timed. So, um, yeah, originally we'd planned to sit down around birthday and then it's dropped back. But no, there is so... Um, this time last year, we were talking about a Kodak summer competition. And um, I was talking with Kodak a few weeks ago about how we sort of do something similar this year, but um, but maybe take it up a level. And we we're talking about what uh, what the community is really sort of uh, talking about, interested in, struggling with maybe at the moment. And one thing that came up quite a lot is, is actually um, slide film and, and ectochrome. So um, obviously we've had the great launch um, and lots of people did try it, but also... Uh, there's also a lot of people who are reluctant to make the make the jump into trying uh, E6 slide film, uh, Ectochrome specifically. And as you talk to people about why, there's an element around um, the cost, because obviously it's a bit more expensive per roll than colour negative, or quite a lot more than, than some of the entry-level ones. Um, people are a bit unsure about how to process it because their labs sometimes don't take it, or if they do it at home, they don't have E6 chemicals as well as C41. Um, and also people are a bit nervous, I think, about being able to replicate the results. They may have heard that, you know, exposure latitude is really narrow on slide film or you only need certain light, etc. Anyway, all these things coming together. So we said, wouldn't it be great if we could do some kind of competition activity that uh, addressed some of these concerns and helped people enjoy slide film? Because... Um, I know you've, you've shot a roll of Ectochrome. No, I haven't yet. You yeah, have a roll of Ectochrome. I have a roll of Ectochrome, and it's kind of, it's exactly what you're talking about. Well, some of the elements you're talking about, I've got a roll of Ectochrome, but I keep kind of talking myself out of shooting it because you kind of thinking, oh, no, I want, the, per- I want mm. the perfect thing to take it out for. I want to know that I'm going to use all of it in one go, and I want the settings mm. to be just right. And... Um, and it's really stupid because I should just put it in the camera and try it out and get used to it and see what it's good for and what it's not good for. But because it is a premium film, and yeah. it's you know, you do, uh, it's so stupid. So it's just <laughs> is that what puts you off though? Is that is it that the fact that you're sat there thinking this is more expensive than yeah, gold or... yeah, and 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 it's a it, it is it's 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 because it's more expensive and also because intrinsically. I know I'll be more annoyed with myself for messing up pictures I take with it. Not so much because of the money lost, because I've already spent that money. It's worthless to me sat in the fridge. Mm. <laughs> it's more worthless then with bad pictures. But I think it's more just a case of, oh, I know I'll be more annoyed with myself if I take <laughs> rubbish pictures. So I want to save it to that special, magical, never-happening time where I'm just <laughs> taking pictures with film. Um, you know, on in a set time and a set place. Um, so yeah, it's, it's stopping me from shooting film I've already bought. Um, <laughs> and do you? And, and from a processing point of view, would you try and process it yourself? You have a dark shed. I have a I have a very dark shed. <laughs> no <laughs> lights in it. Um, uh, no, not at the moment. Um, I, I the the rolls of slide film that I've shot so far. Um, I've either cross-processed myself, which you, mm. I wouldn't do that with a new roller ectochrome because I'm not going to learn anything about using the film if I cross post it right from the Sandy get-go. would love it, though. Yeah, Sandy would love it, but, you know, there's no accounting for taste. I do, I, I do like cross-process film. Um, I think it's real fun, but... Um, no, you wouldn't learn as much. You are right. That's absolutely it, it's, yeah, yeah. it's what I tend to do with my older expired film rather than nice new film. Um, uh, and I've got... So, yeah, I've got my C41 kit, but um, I don't want to have a... 
Chrome, a, a E6 kit as well, because mm. I just don't get through enough. No. So I send it away, um, which involves me remembering to put something in an envelope and post it <laughs> off and then pay to get it done. And, um, you know, it's it, it's just another step. But it, it's not what stops me from doing it. It's what stops... It's what If I ever do shoot it, it's what stops it from getting developed yeah. for many, many months. But No, no, no. I think what you're talking about is 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 totally planned listeners we, we scripted <laughs> that entire ge- no no you're right it is exactly those those are exactly the concerns that people have um and obviously when when people first get slide film and they see the fact that it's you know you look through it and the colors are real and mm. it's really bright it is really amazing and the photographs you come back from there are, are just are incredible so um so but basically the plan is to try and make it easy for people so the idea is <clears throat> for, for, from the first point we'll run a competition so just like we did uh, for the low light magic at winter and like the summer competition last year we'll do a competition so starting when this goes live Thursday July the 11th do you say so? sure why not <laughs> <laughs> running until Sunday August the 11th so just over four weeks four and a half weeks to um, to enter um, so if you go to our homepage you'll see a a, a um where you click to submit your photos on on slide film and we will share those then on instagram on twitter on our website as normal with the hope being that people then uh, see that understand and try and learn a little bit about the film just from the collective mm-hmm. um collective experience so again if people can put within that and, and you'll see it there'll be a submission form a little bit of detail nothing scary a little bit of detail that gives a bit of context when we share it back with people people can really understand whether things went well or things that, that didn't go well we're going to call this competition, ready for it? <laughs> I'm bracing. There's four words and two of them are puns. <laughs> oh, I'm glad I'm sitting down. <laughs> exactly. We're going to call it Focus on the Positives. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> this, this is why I think analogue photography died in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes like that. No, the, um, so the intent here is not only to make exceptionally witty puns, <laughs> Um, but also to encourage people to take photos of things that bring them joy. And it's as simple as that, really. Um, it's a, a lovely summer. The weather is good f- some of the time. Um, and analog photography is a, a joy for most people who experience it. So um, that's as wide as it is. Take photos of something you enjoy. Focus on the positives. Um, submit uh, the photos through the site. And there will be winners announced, as usual. They will get Kodak goodie bags. Andy from Kodak Alaris will be the... Um, judge, jury, and executioner. Oh, he's actually that. killing people this time. <laughs> he, he may well do. <laughs> he's got a he mean well streak. For Chris Rowden, who was featured very heavily in the last two, <laughs> but only shooting portrait. That's going to be a massive change for him if he has to move to Instagram. But um, that's really exciting. And he's also said to me that within those goodie bags will be an IOU for Ectochrome 120. And I was he's still not finished. I thought we'd I mean he said he'd be out in April. I still, I thought we'd all been just shooting and I just hadn't noticed. We had, when you were last on, he definitely said April. We definitely announced it as that. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Uh, and I think there were conversations happening uh, internally after that. No. Um as always, production uh, is not predictable. The latest estimate uh, and I can say that so um and he doesn't get shot. I get shot if this goes wrong. Uh, is gonna be October, November. Um, hopefully advanced, but it won't be by the time we finish in sort of end of August. So what Andy said is, look, the winners will get a goodie bag. Within that will be an IOU. And then as soon as the film lands in the UK, those mm-hmm. winners will be the first people that go. And they'll go straight from the Kodak headquarters. So okay. it is still exciting. So I have questions. So the to enter this competition, it has to be shot on slide film. Yep. 
and has to be shot on Kodak side film? Oh, good question. <laughs> I'm going to say no. No, no, no. It shouldn't, <laughs> it shouldn't be. I think it's the, the overall is, is trying to address people's um, concerns about shooting slide yeah. film. Yeah. Um, and Netgram's and only been around a year. So no, no, no. We'll say any slide film. Yeah. Uh, any slide film um, shot at any point. Um, obviously, we'd love people to be doing uh, recent ones, just because then again they can remember a bit more of the settings, maybe or the tone. But but frankly, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, the idea is just something that brings you joy. Hopefully, when we look at it, not only will we as a group learn something about slide film that will that lads collective knowledge, but also um, bring a little joy into into the judges. Joy. Into a little, a little, not too much. Not, not too, too much. much. Oh god, not too much. Overrate the joy. <laughs> not exactly. Do not overrate the joy. Um, a little bit of joy uh, into the judges' eyes. That's really what it'll be. It'll <laughs> be cold post on will be how well the, the photo captures the the essence of slide film, and also um, uh, whether whether we think it's a positive positive photograph overall. <laughs> and of course, that uh, hopefully. Uh, I see what you did there. Exactly. Brilliant. <laughs> I'm here all week. <laughs> I really hope I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm leaving very shortly after this. Um, and then the and that that hopefully will help with the the usage and also fun competition for people to get involved with. It doesn't help the cost and the development. So fortunately, we've got plans for those as well. <gasps> really, <laughs> perfectly scripted, ladies and gentlemen. No, so we've um, we've worked with Kodak to run a special uh, limited time offer on Xchrome. So it's ten pound per roll. That's across good. the period. So as of this morning, Thursday, eleventh until until eleventh of August, ten pound a roll on Xchrome from Analog Wonderland. And this one, I was um, on your website. I presume by mistake. Um, I was on your website <laughs> the other day, uh, looking at film. Um, I think I was looking at someone who got. Um, who was it? Somebody got in Smith. Martin Scott got in touch um, because he, he his daughter had expressed an interest in getting a disposable camera. And he went, oh, no, no, no. We'll, we'll get you a, a little point and shoot that you can use. And he was asking about cheap colour film. I was like, I, I don't know. I'll go and have a look what, you know, mm. what's about. And, um, and I was interested to see, like, so Fuji C200, which is a nice mm. enough colour film, um, cheap colour film. That's, what, <clears> £6? <throat> mm. Six pounds for a roll of Fuji's bog standard color film. Um, Superior is what seven, eight pounds a roll. You're testing me now. Um, I, well, this is this is your job now. You should really know this stuff. <laughs> um, so yeah, Ektachrome for only ten pounds. <laughs> yeah, that's ten pounds. Yep. That's really, really good. Um, but that's not all, is it? That, tell us more. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, and that, and that is a huge thing because I think hopefully, again, down from £15 RP, we normally sell it at 14 but £10 hopefully is a, is a price yeah, point. I'm going to be stocking the heck up. <laughs> good, good to hear. Um, but then at the same time, I want to address the processing. Now, our lab partners, Digitalab, uh, unfortunately can't run E6 processing um, with just the, the scale of the chemicals needed. But what we've done is we've, um, we've roped in um, Silverpan Film Lab, Duncan there, who has also just given up a... Yeah, also given up his day job to make a career in analog <laughs> Exactly. I, I hope you two have got a lovely spot picked out on, on, the, on your local streets to sit with your cardboard boxes in a few years' time, if this doesn't pan out. Saying we thought the history was the future. <laughs> it wasn't. Um, no, exactly. So Duncan is going to help out as well. So um, if you buy uh, Exochrome, not only will it be £10 a roll, but also in the order you'll get um, a little uh, slip from him that is a discount code. So that processing with him, uh, Ectochrome will be five pounds only. That's um, really good. So we've also just to help people who get confused with the labelling thing. I think we're going to pop one of his uh, address labels in there as well. You'll still have to take it to the post office and pay for postage, but at least it's one simpler thing. So you can get your Ectochrome, shoot it, put it back in back in the Analog Wonderland box, 
put the label on, take it to the post office. It's tragic how much I like the fact that you've got a label in there because they, that, that, that actually is something of a hurdle. <laughs> <laughs> well, is it maybe we, we're too obsessed with, with you specifically as a customer. We're like, what would make Graham like Ectochrome more? But no, 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 it is one of those things that we just wanted to make it super easy. And I, and I think hopefully, so obviously postage isn't included, but hopefully £15 for getting Ectochrome in the first place and then be able to get it processed mm. um, uh, remove some of that uh, some of that cost and again it's, it's still nowhere near the levels of, of, of an entry level black and white but it is a fantastic deal for Slider you, you say that but I mean again alright if you're home developing it, it's different but if you're buying a roll of black and white even a roll of cheap black and white and sending it away to develop get it developed actually that is pretty much exactly how much that's going to cost mm. I mean I, I think it's fantastic I think uh, just speaking personally I think it's um it's a great way to encourage people to just get out and actually shoot the damn film. Um, and and film is getting more expensive. It is only going to get more expensive because it needs to be more expensive. It's mm. it, much though I hate to say it, a lot of it is still a bit too cheap at the moment for it to be viable. Um, yeah, and I think that that's that's it really because when when I talk to Kodak, it's not about. You know, it's not about trying to cheapen Ectochrome because Ectochrome is, is a fantastic film and, and for the long term it does need to be £14, £15 mm. mark. Um, I think it's more the launch, obviously, and the excitement around that helped a lot of people uh, try it and maybe maybe jump onto the bandwagon mm. in the nicest possible way like because it seems big. and be- but, but I think after that initial wave subsides, and even then there were people who didn't because they looked at it and then they heard it's E6 rather than what mm. they used to. They saw maybe the price and was just a bit surprised. They thought they'd wait to see results. Maybe mm. they haven't seen it through yet or their friends haven't shot it yet. Yeah. And it's just trying to start that momentum where hopefully, hopefully, I mean, again, it hopefully it encourages you to shoot the one in your fridge because mm. you know that now there's... Well, you're going to win the prize now. And you'll win the prize, obviously. exactly. You'll win the prize, so that'll be good. <laughs> and you'll be able to restock. And, and also you'll you'll learn from all the photos that are hopefully being shared at this point. Um uh, and we're going to give you an address label. <laughs> yeah, and the most important. You're going to give, uh, yeah, um, I think it's great because I, I think you're absolutely right. I think there's a lot of people, like I said, even though I have a role film myself included, who um, put off trying something new like that because of those two reasons. One, because it's not cheap. And two, you're not sure you'll get the kind of results you want from it because it's a bit more, mm. not more complicated. I, th- I, th- I think slide film, like so many things in analog photography and so many things in life in general, like the difficulty level gets overblown at times. Yes. Um, you just have to go, okay, we know that this film doesn't have the same broad dynamic range that C41 films do. So you need to use it in scenes, either in scenes that have a reduced dynamic range anyway, or make choices about where you want that dynamic range to be it's not hard it just requires a bit more thought than using color neg film because of color neg and and, black, and a lot of black and white film you can just kind of go this will be fine <laughs> i think that's it because i think as well if you go to any any studio photographer or technical photographer they wouldn't be putting black and white or c41 film through the extremes of exposure that people mm. might be used to um because they they know that even though it can cope it's still not optimal for that mm. film so therefore, slide is no different to them. They're still shooting yeah. within that bound. I think we all, and I'm guilty of it as well, just get a bit lazy when you know that you can shoot somebody sort of in shadow with a well-lit building behind and it'll be sort of fine, you know, be close enough. And it'll just be a bit more disciplined, a bit more rigid. But you're right, not it's nowhere near as scary as people think. Yeah. Um, and again, you'll never try unless you try. 
and I think for us it's just about how can we for this for this sort of four and a half weeks just just lower that lower that barrier make it as little as scary as possible um and then and then hopefully what people will do is you know not everyone will but hopefully lots of people will be like okay this isn't as, as bad as I thought this is a great result and in these situations I'll be very happy to then um shoot a 14 15 pound film mm. knowing that the results I'm going to get are definitely going to be worth it yeah and um, that's that's the goal so people should go to go to go to the homepage I mean it'll be um hopefully fairly unmissable yeah to click on the link um the price will just be 10 pounds for the roll so that you don't need a discount code or anything um it'll be 10 pound a roll uh, anyone who buys ectochrome in that order will get the discount for processing and the the address label um, as i say it's not it's not prepaid unfortunately we can quite stretch to that but at least it makes it easy yeah um so it's hopefully as simple as just uh, buying ectochrome um and then the competition page will be really super simple as well so dig out the old photos of slides submit them tell us a little bit about it we'll share it with people and 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 hopefully you'll you'll lessen the stigma of slide for everyone else in the community. And I know in the past you've done different classes. You think you did beginner and amateur. Did, are there any different <coughs> classes this time? Any age groups? Any uh, ex pro, non ex pro? <laughs> no, no. We're going to make it um, really easy because again, this isn't this type of film isn't one that people have necessarily used before. Um, so we'll we'll make it as broad as possible. Um, uh, as we know, we've seen Andy judge a couple of these now. Yeah, it's not that he's 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 not after the most technical thing. Um, generally speaking, he's looking for a photo that uh, that 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 brings emotion um, and that is that is that is well taken. So um, really, really don't worry about uh, the level of experience. Just honestly, try some slide film, share with us the results, submit it into the competition. You never know. And again, like last time, we had two grand winners and then some some also notable mentions who got some free film yeah. as well. I'm sure we'll do the same. Um, so so please don't be shy. That sounds awesome. That sounds really cool. Now listen, whilst I've got you here, um, because we missed doing backing paper last Sunday because uh, Rachel was away and I was <coughs> knackered. Um, so I'm going to make you help me out okay. with some of the backing papers. So we have got some emails. Um, listen to the emails. I can see if I'm bringing these up, uh, sat on the sofa as we are. Let's see if I'm uh, technology. Okay, uh, okay. So let's go through some of these emails nice and quick. Okay, so the first one, I'll read this first one, um, is from J.M. Golding. Now, if this is an email from J.M. Golding, it can mean really only one thing, and that is to remind us that it is only one week until 127 day. In fact, it's less than one week now, uh, because it will be Friday. That's right, isn't it? Friday the 12th. The 12th of the 7th is one of the many wonderful 127 days. Um, uh so, yeah, make sure the 127 cameras are working and the film is ready for them. You can find all the details at 127film.blogspot.com. Uh, happy 127 day in advance. Um, so thank you very much. I have got... Right, hang on, let me stand up here. I have got here... Look at this. This is the great Ooh, thing about... Oh, is that... Kodak. This is my uh, Kodak Brownie 44A... <coughs> oh. um, uh, camera, which I think I loaded. You can tell by the sheer amount of electrical tape in here mm. um, that this is loaded up with 35 millimeter film. Because the thing about one two seven day, uh, you uh, okay? This is great synergy here, and this is really going to work <laughs> well. Um, you sell one two seven film, don't you? Yes. And and that's in stock. I can confirm because I did check the other day. So you sell the rare pan film. You've even got rare pan. Is it color or slide film? You've got. We've got slide film. You could do one two seven slide film. Oh my god, this is so exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't have any 127 film when I loaded this camera, so I've actually just wedged in some 35mm film here. But you can get some um, nice... I like. Have you got any of the black and white or just the slide at the moment? Black and white.
right hand slide yeah I really like that black and white it's got really lovely tones to it I shot some of that um, so yeah I've got my camera ready um, I'm not sure how many I put marks I'm looking at I put marks on the winder for some reason what do you reckon that reason was um, I bet they were meaningful but I've definitely marked you, you've marked it quite wide as well that, that, there's a mark there and a mark there and they're mark. very deliberate and yeah. there's a third one there's, so, I you bet. can never line all three up at once though That's, does I, that mean something? I, I reckon it was probably to indicate how many quarters of a turn to take but I should have perhaps written on the back of the camera what that number oh, was too easy never mind um, so one, two, seven, day coming up okay <laughs> Uh, do you want to read the next email from Marcus here? I'll pass the uh, Absolutely. pad of glory over to you. <clears throat> so, okay then. This is from Marcus Nels. Marcus Nels. Dear Sunbeams, I just listened to episode 124. What an awesome show. Strangely, it felt like coming home to the early shows. Don't get me wrong, your guests are awesome and highly interesting. But what drew me to the podcast in the first place was two blokes talking about their personal photography and approach to it. And that was an absolutely lovely episode in that sense. Even better because Rachel is there as well. With highest appreciation for this episode, Marcus. One, P.S. Once I have time and pictures developed, I will revert with a proper report on my self-made pinhole tank. So, so have you given me an email to read as a guest on your show <laughs> when they that praises an episode that had no guest on your show? Yeah, you kind of. I think this will probably this is like the anti version of that show because Aiden Rachel aren't here. <laughs> And you're here. So you, you basically said to me, this is what our listeners like, <laughs> and it's the opposite of you. Yeah. Well, well, you knew that. You knew that already. In fairness, that is not the first time you said that to me. Yeah, so. yeah. We did get out and take a few pictures, didn't we? We went for a quick walk around the village. We did. Because, uh, you know, two blokes talking about, you brought um, your Olympus trip with you. Yep, Olympus trip 35. Um, it has... Um, Old Agfa Vista 200 in it. Oh, snapsies! That's what my camera had in it when we went out. Nice. I had my OM1 with us. Um, and tell me again where your uh, Olympus trip came from. Oh, so um, the wonderful thing, of course, we'll all know that when you're known as as uh, an analog photography geek in the family, then cameras do every so often land in your lap. This one's very special. So um, my uh, my wife's grandparents, who are in their late 90s, recently had their car uh, removed from them, probably two decades too late but never mind um and uh, what they discovered in the glove compartment was this olympus trip 35 uh, it was in a one of the original um sort of leather soft case ones yeah. that had pretty much like melted to itself like it was sticky so that's that's come off uh, and a new leather case is on but fortunately because it'd been in the dark for presumably 40 odd years um the battery cell seems to have uh, emerged intact so it's in absolutely fine fine nick and at the moment is my sort of carry around easy yeah, to use, easy yeah. to take photos of Graham in a graveyard <laughs> camera. Where he belongs. Um yeah, I do love those little trips. They are they they are so cool to look at, full stop. Mm. Um and they are fun to use. Although I the one thing about mine, I don't know whether yours have, but mine the shutter on mine is just a bit squishy, but I know you've got users, you said CLAs, maybe yours a bit. <laughs> well better. after it emerged from a yes, from the inside of a car after many years, I thought it'd better get clean. So it yeah, I think the um the shutter was a bit sticky. There was a problem with the little red flag as well that mm. got fixed. Um, and now it seems to be, uh, yeah, absolutely yeah. back to it. That's a good tip you were saying there about the um, selenium meter in it. Because that's one thing. If anybody has mm. got a camera, an old camera with a selenium meter in it for a light meter, um, like the Olympus Trip or the... Um, Olympus pens, or there's you know, there's quite mm. a lot of old cameras from the 60s. Um, if they've got a selenium meter and it's still working, 
make sure that there is a lens cap on it mm. or that it's kept in a cover or something to keep it dark because if it's just exposed to light all the time those meters will just burn out eventually and exactly and that's pretty much <clears throat> pretty much the only thing that goes wrong with those kind of cameras yeah the problem is when it's gone it's gone, it's gone yeah. <laughs> but um the the simplicity of the mechanics it's just incredible yeah okay next email we've got here is from hillary clark hillary writes in hi sonny's delighted to be in the top three for the cheap shot challenge please pass on my thanks to hamish for the fabulous judging also thrilled to be mentioned in the same sentence as arnold newman which is understandable um, are you familiar with arnold newman's work that's good. I'll share a book afterwards. Um, there were some great entries. Congratulations to all entrants for the high standards. Yeah, absolutely. I know we said this last mm. week, but um, all of the pictures that we got sent in were fantastic. Uh, you mentioned the divided feelings on taking instant portraits and then giving them away. On the admittedly very few occasions where I've photographed strangers, I've sometimes taken two photos, one for them, one for me. Yes, even more expensive than the just one instrument photograph, but as I say, I don't do it often. Another, much cheaper alternative would be to take a digital photo of them holding the instant photo. That way, you can hopefully capture their delight at the whole process. I must admit, I haven't actually tried that, as the awkward moment of actually asking someone if I could take their picture would then be extended to a possibly even more awkward moment while we waited for the photo to develop. But it's an option for the brave amongst us. And also, could they they then hold the digital photo of the photo <laughs> and then you take another photo of that? <laughs> it's an endless recursive <laughs> nightmare. Um, with regards to the assignments... Not seen any polls about this. Apologies if I've missed it and I'm too late. But my preference would be for instant panoramas. I think night outdoors would be a great choice, but maybe wait until the nights to start to draw in and then there's more nights to have a go out. Self-portraits are not usually my thing, but perhaps one idea would be to take a shot that portrays your personality without the photographer actually appearing in it. That's not a self-portrait, Hillary. <laughs> that's just, no, but I have seen that. That's, that's one of them. It's like uh, the precursor of what's in your bag kind of style, where people would yeah bring meaningful objects, arrange them, and then it is supposed to be exactly like that, a portrait of the self, if not the face. Um, I, I'm. You are looking sceptical. I am. I would need to hear more. Um, thanks for all your hard work. Love and hugs, Hillary. Now, um, we had... For, for the benefit of my co-hosts who I'm sure are listening, we had loads of feedback about what um, what topic we're going to do. Most of it was sent privately to my DM, so it's not in the email inbox if they go looking. And we had loads of it, and we have actually come to a decision on which one we're doing. Uh, but I'm I'm not sure whether I won't mention it this week. But let's just say it's not the two that Hillary wanted. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, anyway, I. Wanted to follow up on uh, Hillary's email. There's a comment about um, last week's Cheap Shot Challenge because I also got an email from uh, our good friend, uh, Alistair Dougal. Uh, Alistair Dougal, sorry, Alistair. Rachel's not here, I can't see it. Um, regarding last week's show. Uh, and Alistair was not such a fan of last week's show. Uh, and I always like to address these things because I always work on the assumption that if one person has got in touch expressing frustrations or annoyances or dissatisfaction um that means that probably there are at least a larger number of other people who may feel the same way and i thought well i'd like to talk about it just so everybody kind of can know that we're listening and taking heed of it um 
uh, and some of the things that Alistair was frustrated with, he, he felt that um, unlike when uh, Claire Bailey, um, Claire Marie Bailey did the judging for us last time, he felt that Hamish had only spoken about a very few pictures um, and rather than trying <coughs> to give good feedback on everybody's and he felt that the feedback level was perhaps inappropriate for the, you know, the work being taken and so on and so forth. So um, one important thing, which I maybe we didn't mention it on the show, and if we didn't, that's entirely our bad. Um, we specifically asked Hamish to pick 10 photos to talk about on the podcast. The reason we asked him to do that is because otherwise the show becomes too big and too unwieldy. And if anybody needs r- reminding of this, go back and listen to the landscape judging that we did with Johnny Sissons, where the show was so big that it ended up running to uh, nearly three hours and we still didn't get everything done. Um, and also not everybody loves hearing photographs described in an audio medium. So we'd made this specific decision and we've done it in the past. And when Sandra Cohn came on, she also had 10 picks. So that was just Hamish doing exactly what we asked him to do, make his 10 selects and talk about those. That wasn't him just choosing not to talk about the other ones. He was doing what we asked. Um, and, you know, obviously every judge is going to judge based on the things that they like and dislike. We, you, know, you were saying about Andy judging. Everybody come, brings their own thing to the table. Personally, <coughs> I thought the comments and the feedback that Hamish had to say about the pictures was useful and um and informative but you know everybody gets what they get out of it um but um like i said if if you did find it not to your taste last week i'm sorry um uh you know it's every judge is different and everyone's take on things is different it's judging is not an easy thing to do is it paul no 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 no, definitely and then i think as well where uh competitions are open to interpretation everyone brings their own interpretation from the artist's point and then from the judge um and that's true of photography competitions uh, always. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And so, I mean, we are taking a break for a little bit from the Cheap Shots Challenge. Not anything to do with the fact that Hamish judged last week. That was not the reason at all. We were taking a break because we want to focus our energies and your energies, hopefully, as well, on assignments for at least the next mm. little bit. Because um, we're excited about that, and and we really <coughs> want you listening to be part of that um, and and get involved with that. Um, so, but the cheap shots challenge will come back in the future. It's not going away forever. It will come back. Um, but yeah, just have a little break for it. But so keep hold of your cheap chop lovely cameras. Okay, uh, I've let the oh the screen's gone dead now. This is not good, is it? Okay. Uh, da, 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 da. Do you want to read this next one for me from Tony Skokovic? Or Skokovic? Skokovic? Tony Skokovic. Hello, Rachel, Aid, and Graham. And Paul. And Paul. Uh, <laughs> assumed. What a wonderful experience one hour assignment was. I did go twice more, lost the audio file from one, but still have an audio trail of another adventure with Lubertil again on the road. So may get back to that later. But this time I am writing in follow up to my rambling dispatch from Alpharetta, Georgia and one-hour adventure in Atlanta's sprawling suburbia. Your recent discussion on sharing work and getting it out there, which is a very unnerving notion to begin with, was the kick in the posterior I needed to finally scan and edit the two rolls I shot in Alpharetta. I have used Lightroom to edit and prepare the attached PDF. It is nothing fancy, but I feel that it does a reasonably decent job of conveying the tranquil atmosphere from that overcast day in Georgia. 
I would not be as ambitious to call it a zine or a book, but to me this is a better way of sharing images compared to loose prints and or attachments. Editing and sequencing is a challenge I'm trying to get better at, so this was a great way to practice and have some fun well beyond that walk in Atlanta. No matter what the world's experts and influencers may deign to think and write about your podcast, <laughs> your efforts are a definite source of inspiration and entertainment. I am looking forward to more one-hour assignments. It is a true pleasure to listen to everyone's accounting of the process. Every episode you produce generates ideas. In that context, does it really matter if we have a depth of knowledge about gear? Once again, thank you for doing a great service for our community. All the best and enjoy the summer. Thank you very much, Tony. Uh, yeah, we've only got one more email here, so we're going to do that. Uh, and then we've got a real <laughs> one last final treat, haven't we, Paul? Yes, we do. <laughs> uh, okay, this one is from... Lincoln, please, can I leave, sir? <laughs> <laughs> uh, only one is done. Uh, this last email is from Christian Strauch. Dear Sonnies, Germany has cooled down again, so I feel enough energy to come coming back to sit down and write an email to you with at least some energy. I found your discussion about focal lengths on episode 157 very interesting. I used to be a don't bother me with any focal lengths than 50mm kind of guy. My nifty 50 was my most used lens. However, not too long ago I went on a work trip to Helsinki with a few opportunities to shoot some film between work assignments and was wondering what lenses to take. I wanted to travel light because I had to haul my camera to work, but still wanted to take my trusty Canon F1, so using the usual triplet of fixed focal lengths, 28, 50 and 100mm was no option. Furthermore, when shooting in a city, 50mm always felt too long. I always felt I had to step back all the time to get everything in the frame. So I made the conscious decision to only take a 35mm as a compromise between 28 and 50mm and an 85mm lens as a compromise between a 50mm and a 100mm. And sure enough, these two lenses were a perfect choice. Funnily enough, only a few <coughs> days ago, someone on Petapixel posted an article that talked about 30, why 35 and 85mm is a really good choice. I know it's a site about digital photography, and the article mentions 3D pop, but we aren't film snobs, are we? We're not film snobs, are we, Paul? Absolutely not. Although we disapprove of the word 3D pop. I also took this combination on the Filmworsters photo walk in London, and it was perfect for street photography and street portraits. Give it a try, you'll love it. In episode 158, Aid mentioned that he stitched his panorama with Affinity Photo. I have no affiliation with affi Affinity, that's hard to say, but would still like to heartily recommend it to film shooters who scan their film for the simple reason that it has an absolutely fantastic restoration brush. This brush helps remove dust from film scans. The algorithm behind it is so clever that you don't get any visible artefacts when removing dust, even with grainy film. And compared to other options, Affinity <coughs> Photo is very affordable. One last request. Could you please, ex please explain the new assignments, hashtags, etc.? Uh, or even put the rules up on your website. Maybe it was too hot over here, or maybe the language barrier was a little too high last week. In any case, it would help the non-native English speakers amongst your listeners to better understand what will be going on in terms of assignments. Thanks in advance. Please keep up the good work. I really appreciate your show and I'm looking forward to the next episode. All the best from Germany, Christian. 
Um, thank you very much, Christian. A couple of things. Uh, I have, I gave Affinity Photo a try. Have you you've used Affinity? Um, and it seems really good. I downloaded the free trial. I managed to use it once and then ran out of time and the free trial has run out, but I think I probably will be getting it. It seems pretty good. Go on, go and choke quietly in the corner. I'll pause out to step outside to go and die noisily, it turns out. Um, the other thing regarding the assignments. So... I will, it won't be rules as such, but um, as soon as we've nailed down exactly what we're doing, which we're closing in on, I will put all the information up on the web page. Um, but really, um, just watch this space. There's going to be more information coming. We're, like I said, we're still kind of hammering out exactly how we're going to do it because our plan is vaguely to approach everyone a bit differently. Um, but there will be more information coming very, very soon on that. Uh, that is it from emails. So that's nice, isn't it? It's lovely emails. Thank you very much. You were quite impressed by the emails, weren't you, when you saw them? No, I was. I mean, um, obviously I know and I've, I've heard you read them out before, but when you then see them come through and you see the effort that people have gone through mm. to um, to share the thoughts, the ideas, I th- it's, it's absolutely lovely. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 love, I love the fact that people take the time to write yeah. to us. Um, even when it is to tell us that they're not thrilled about something that's gone on, that's it's still... I'm not going to say it's good to hear it, but it's really useful to hear it. Um, no, definitely. And, and as I said earlier, we, we get frequently get people telling us uh, how we could improve. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, I never I never mind it. In fact, I always welcome it because um, people who have taken the time to be the honest and to articulate that, yeah. uh, it's wonderful. Yeah. Like when I messaged you saying, where's No, the no, no. I delete all of your <laughs> messages straight away. To be clear, this doesn't apply to you. Oh, fair uh, It's other people. Now... You want to go home because it's late at night and you have a wife and child who are wondering where on earth you are. Um, Correct to all of the above. <laughs> but we can't let you go because, um, one, you're going to die on the road mm. home. Um, two, there's another part of backing paper that we're bringing into this week's yes. show. Which, uh, and so listeners who don't actually listen to backing paper might not have been exposed to this. So what a treat for them. This is, of course, the thanks that we love to give to <clears> our <throat> wonderful recurring coffee donors. Um, now... Our team of researchers had a month off, mm. and so they have come back really fresh and raring to go, um, which I am very excited about. Um, and Paul, this week, you're going to read, you've very much taken charge of, you spoke to the team of researchers. I didn't realise that there were 20 of them. I think uh, that's what impressed me the most, was just listen. how how many hours they've put in. Oh God, it's incredible. Yeah. I mean, I, I know... I know it's perhaps the most ass-backward thing to take all the money we get from coffee and, to be honest, most of the money that all three of us earn and plough it into the research. <coughs> no, 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 I think it's worth it. I yeah. think it's worth it. Um, but you, know, you took up liaising with them mm-hmm. and you've got all the facts together for us this week, which I really appreciate. Took a load off my back. Um, and you're going to read these facts for us now, so I want you to get up nice and close to the mic here. No, definitely. So, um, so no, on behalf of yeah. Sunny 16 that I'm not a part of, on behalf of somebody else... Yeah, these um, are all the people we want to thank. Exactly. Week. Huge thank you to everyone uh, who contributes I know I know it uh, it means a lot and allows them to buy better gear so the thanks um, go to these people now as, as we've said lots of research went into these um, I've verified a couple of them personally um, just to make sure that I wouldn't be sat no, here you caught, know, yeah you know talking rubbish into a your microphone. integrity is very important to you apparently. <laughs> always has been <laughs> my lawyer says exactly the same so um so let, let's crack on then. So uh, let's start with someone. Actually, I've already mentioned Mr. Duncan Gammon, who oh, yeah. um, who, who runs Silver Pan, who is involved with the Xchrome competition. Lovely chap. 
Now, what you might not realise is he is currently, or recently, an expert lab technician is his main job. But in a previous job, he was the man who worked out that adding CFCs to refrigerants made them more effective. Um, obviously, that didn't end well, but as penance, he now has to house three polar bear families <laughs> at his home at any one time. Uh, I don't know whether he's incorporated that into the new business, but... Um, I mean, it's the least he could do after yeah. the, the trouble he caused. I think they're dealing with postage for him. I think <laughs> he, he develops the film and then the polar bears post it out. They're posting exactly. polar bears. So let's go. Um, so Jaya Bat. Jaya Bat. Uh, most important fact here is that uh, they never wanted to contribute to Sunny 16 running costs, um, but pressed the wrong button while trying to book a GP appointment. <laughs> um, so I hope that gets better soon. Uh, untended. That'll be fine. Uh, Christian Strauff, as we all know, an animal trainer, <laughs> specialising in ferrets and dachshunds. Greatest achievement to date, one of his past students has passed the bar and now sits in the House of Lords. <laughs> Actual fact. Simple one here, Martin Smith is an anagram of Voigtlander. <laughs> Not many people know that, but grab a pen and paper... Cross out some letters, add some more, and you'll see it's <laughs> yeah, absolutely yeah. true. It's Yeah, it's an alternative anagram, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. A punk anagram. <laughs> yes, exactly, that's a thing. Oh, talking of punk anagrams and other such wordplay, Hilary Clark. Now, this is another one that I've verified and is true. So if you go to Wikipedia and type in Hilary Clark, you'll be able to see that this is absolutely true. She graduated from the University of Toronto and the University of British Columbia with a PhD. She's an award-winning Canadian poet and teachers in Saskatchewan. <laughs> Sorry, Saskatchewan. <laughs> Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. You know what? Sus Saskatchewan. Yes. Okay. Good. We should, we should ask her. <laughs> Will I ask her what? Sorry, <laughs> just how to pronounce it, really. <laughs> okay. So that's brilliant, Hillary that's Clark. Lovely. Yeah, check out. I mean, yeah, award-winning Canadian poet. How many other award-winning Canadian poets do you think support you on coffee? Ooh, what last time I checked, I think there are three of them. Three or four, probably. Yeah. No more. <laughs> Get too many of them clogging up the area. Um, James Thorpe. James was one of the original members of Monty Python's Flying Circus, <laughs> but was kicked out of the team after fighting with John Cleese over the last bacon sandwich at breakfast. <laughs> That's tragic. I wonder if that was... Do you think that was before the TV show then? Or do you think he cameos? Uh, he's probably in there. He's probably in there. You just have to look. He's probably one of the, the little women, yeah. <laughs> Almost certainly. <laughs> Juliet Schwab. Schwab? <laughs> Schwab. I, I, I don't Juliet. Know. Juliet, the lovely Juliet. The lovely Juliet. Um, so Juliet and her boyfriend of the time were the original inspiration for Shakespeare's famous play, Hamlet. <laughs> she retired from acting in the late 1670s and has since made her money by taking tourists around Stratford. I, I feel like that's making a certain statement about Juliet's age, but I'm not entirely sure I'm comfortable with. <laughs> no further comment, we move swiftly on. Um... Looks great for 400 years old. That's she looks fantastic, yeah. Sam Cornwell. Oh, Sam. Sam goes way back. Um, but of course, <laughs> Sam Cornwell as far as is... No, not as far back as there. Um, <laughs> late 1700s at the very <laughs> worst. Um, Sam Cornwell. See, that's actually a bastardisation of his true name. Um, his true name is the Duke of Cornwall. Mm -hmm. um, he does live in Scotland, but he has an ancestral home in Cornwall served entirely or maintained entirely by his servants. Oh, is that where his barber lives? Because he's clearly not up in Scotland. <laughs> that is a personal comment <laughs> that I will do my best to rise above. <laughs> and there we go. Those are That's the verified fantastic. facts. 
I hope everyone enjoyed them. That's wonderful. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you hugely to everybody who is supporting us on coffee. Obviously, there are more people to thank. We will thank more again next week. Um, thank you so much to our wonderful team of researchers. And thank you so much, Paul, for working with them mm. to collect this week's selection. <laughs> uh, it was wonderful. I very much enjoyed those. And um, thank you very much for coming to my house to, oh, to drink no. my cider and um, relax <laughs> on the sofa and to here. meet your family. Yes, exactly. Yeah. No, no, no. It's been... Uh, all jokes aside, it's been awful. <laughs> <laughs> all jokes aside, get out of my house. <laughs> no, no, no. Thank you so much for letting me come on. And, and I, do, um, I do really appreciate it. And also... I do appreciate the support that you guys have given Analog Wonderland, um, and and by you guys, I, I mean I do mean Sunny Sixteen, and also all of your listeners. We did come on and talk about it right at the launch um, to get things kicked off. It's been a fantastic journey, a fantastic ride. We couldn't have done it without you, genuinely. And the fact that I can sit here now, um, having made the move to hopefully make this a full time yeah. job, is is purely down to that support. So honestly, <laughs> the uh, fact that here you are, a year later, you've moved away from. You know, your lovely home in Geneva. You've lost your job. This is all thanks to... All <laughs> thanks to the community. <laughs> Phrased like that. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm doing, I'm doing exactly what I want to be doing, what I'm enjoying me doing, apart from this moment in time <laughs> and this evening. Broader-wise, it's, it's absolutely it. Um, but no, it is thanks to what everyone's done and everyone's uh, contributed and, and, and added. Um, so hugely uh, privileged. Thank you. So thank you so much. It's an absolute pleasure. Um, well, that will do us, listeners. Um, Paul has to go home, or at least to go and see his mum, Mary, who's the only one who actually does any real work at Analogue Wonderland, and his lovely daughter, Robin, who he didn't bring, which is very disappointing, because I think mm. she would have added a lot to this conversation. More um, than I did, yes. Yeah. Um, we will be back next week, of course. You can find us, as always, sunny16podcast.com on Instagram and Twitter and uh um, sunny16podcast.com the website but to me it's probably more importantly than that this week it sounds like go to analogwonderland.co.uk yep absolutely analogwonderland.co.uk um, and uh, find that uh, slide competition focus on the positives yeah I would have gone with slide into our DMs <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's always next year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, some positives and then, uh, yeah, pick up some ectochrome and, um, and, and try it out. Yeah. Sounds fantastic. Uh, we will play you out, as always, with, with me on the Catalan. Um, you have to be on Instagram for that to make any sense. Um, uh, with Rachel's lovely band, Roja, uh, with the, from the album Promises I Should Have Kept, which you can find wherever good music is sold. Uh, we will be back, as I said, next week with something probably not quite like this. Until then, this is goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>